I just call to say I love you, Manny. I just call to say. How far back are we going? Uh, that's like early eighties. Well, yeah, that's my. That's who I am. Yeah, yeah. No, we're about the same. I'm age, all about man. the eighties, man. Yeah, no, all about the eighties. I was just listening to Journey. Nice. Oh, Sherry. No, Steve Perry. I mean, Steve, Steve Perry. Perry. Oh, Sherry. Yeah. I listened to that this morning. I may I or like, may not have won a karaoke contest. Did you? Doing that Stevie Wonder song. Really? So that's why I picked it. It's just, I just know it's going to be okay. Well, Scott, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. So thank you so much for having me. Oh, that's good. Thanks so much for taking a little bit of a trek to get down here and get on the mic. But uh, we got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about paint and business and sure. aging, exercising, all kinds sure. of stuff. Sure, absolutely. Just, wherever the conversation goes, is we're going to let it go. Let's go. And that's it. So let me, let me share the information here. Uh, Scott Fitch. Correct. Scott Fitch. Fitch Painting is here. www.fitchpainting.com. Number to reach him is 705-627-4453. And his email is scott at fitchpainting.com. And then find him on IG, which is fitchpainting. Sorry, fitchpainting. Just Fitch Painting. Just Fitch on Painting. IG. That's it. And then also find him on Facebook and then TikTok and LinkedIn. Yeah. Who's handling all your social? Hmm? Are you doing it yourself? Oh, yeah, I do it myself. It's right now. Yeah, so. yeah it, it, it's a lot. Especially if you... I would really like it to be really good, like really fun. And so I think somebody else probably could help me make it more fun. It's another and job. yeah, exactly. It's another job. Exactly. Right? The one on TikTok is like more like COVID, like Gen X content. So if you like that kind of thing, that's where you go. It's a Gen Xer. So you've actually thing. split it up by generations. Like if you're, I don't like, what are you, millennial, you're on IG or? No, no, well, baby boomer IG. No, if, no. You're, if you're an my target mark, if you're an Xer like me, then you follow me. Got it. Right. If you're not, you might not understand me. Yeah, but I still love you. Yeah, <laughs> still good. Still good. Let me do a quick shout out. I'm wearing Ben uh, Chase contracting out to West. There, I'm wearing his tee. Okay. Uh, I haven't worn his tee in a while, and actually, I've been meaning to get him back on the show because he was one of the shows that we did. We had a little technical faux pas. Okay. I forgot to bring the power for my laptop and the power drained okay as, as it happens on apple devices power gets drained real fast it does and it was a zoom conversation that we were having and then cool. we had to cut it short which was a shame and i felt so bad but uh a little shout out for him for wearing his tea nice Thanks i gotta so get you ben. one i should well, get one of mine oh i'd love to have one of yours it's great you just let me know and i'll, I'll even come up to barry and say hi to the boys up there mcneil and everybody there's lots of guys up there that have been on the show so yeah no that'd be great sounds like a meetup unleash your voice on the construction life podcast community are you passionate about the world of construction, trades, and all things building related? The Construction Life Podcast wants to hear from you. Leave us a review, share your thoughts, insights, and experiences on your favorite podcast channel. Your review fuels our mission to create engaging and informative content for the construction community. Your feedback is the mortar that holds our podcast together. Share your thoughts, rate us, and let the construction community know why the Construction Life is your go-to podcast. Visit our website and check out the nearly 500 tradespeople and construction professionals listed on the site. Connect with all of them. Check us out at www.theconstructionlife.com for additional content, behind-the-scenes exclusives, and valuable resources. Dive deeper into the construction world with articles, guest profiles, and more. Follow us on Instagram at TCL underscore The Construction Life. Follow us on TikTok under the same handle and tweet us at TCL Construction. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, check out our link tree, and find exclusive discounts for listeners. Link is in the IG bio. Join the conversation on Facebook, the Construction Life community. For sure. So from here, uh, how many years have you been painting? Did you start painting? 
Yeah. So my dad had a, my dad had a painting business when I was a kid. So when I was a kid, my dad would actually, from the time I was about eight, he would take me out once a semester to go out and paint with him. So, um, and that he was, was always a brush and fun. roller guy, right? Brush and roller guy. And he did mainly gas stations. So he, so it was a lot of oil paint and uh, a lot of crazy things were painting. I painted, I painted flagpoles. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh? Dad would send me up on the ladder and kind of work your way down and lots of, you know, oil paint in the bathrooms. So my smeller doesn't work very good. Yeah, yeah. Totally. And I'm sure it didn't affect me yeah, that much. No, no, it's like no <laughs> ventilation whatsoever. No, no, it was, uh, you know, it was definitely that way. But for me, it was spending time with my dad and it was yeah. fun. It was McDonald's every day, you know. And uh, so, I mean, even one time, 11 years old, 12 years old, he was falling asleep. We were on the highway, falling asleep. And he's like, Scott, you're going to drive. <laughs> And he had like this old van, which was like a standard, if you, it was like a standard uh, gear shift. It was like a oh, three yeah. on the tree. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I, three I on the tree. About, I know exactly what you're talking Again, about. Again, not a lot of people would know that, yeah. but, uh, but he had one of those. And so I did. I drove that thing on the 400 um, uh, coming back from, was it four? No, it's 401. It's we were coming back straight. Yeah. I mean, well, it was between Tilbury and Chatham. And if you know where that is, it's okay. like the straightest flattest piece of earth What's the biggest in concern, Ontario. A possible animal crossing paths or something on oh, that? Oh, it's so flat. You could watch yeah. your dog run away for three years. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's so flat. It's a good spot to learn, I guess, or it to was practice. A, well, it was a good spot to do something deadly, which is what I was doing when I was 11, 12 years old, and I was driving this van, and my dad literally flaked out like in the seat next to me and he was sleeping he the was whole way. Of. So yeah. uh, I saw McDonald's on the, at the service center and uh, at the time, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to get off. And anyways, it was terrifying, but. And then a few years later, you get your legit, legitimate license. And <laughs> well, that was a journey too. <laughs> okay. You didn't get it right away. <laughs> that was a journey. No, no, I got, I, I got it. And I got in my first accident when I was 15, because you could have your beginner's license in those days when you're 15 years old. Yeah, they didn't have graduated license. Back Not then. at all. No. So you, so I, I, I tapped this lady from, like it was just a light tap, called the police anyways. So my first car that I put in the road well, was on your learner's. You're on your learner's permit with my mom in the front seat. Wow. Yeah, and they charged me with careless driving right away, which means you lose your license. So when I got my first car, it was a '77 Dodge Volare. Okay, I know brown exterior, yeah. brown vinyl interior. Did it only come in was brown? Great. I'm probably. I think it only came in one color. I know. Probably. <laughs> yeah, it was a great painting truck. Vinyl though. interior. Yeah, vinyl interior. It was a great painting truck. Um, and uh, I put it on the road for at that time. I put it on the road for four hundred dollars, and then my insurance was twenty nine hundred dollars a year. Then, in because of the. Bullshit, careless Because driving. I had careless driving. Yeah, it got it pleaded down to following too close. So they gave me my license back. And then it only took me uh, two more years when I was 17 years old, late 17 years old, to take my parents' van and sideswipe a Jeep. So I lost my license again. Holy. Yeah, so okay. I've paid a lot of money to insurance companies over the years. So that went on for a little while? For the it went on for a little while, and then yeah. I was, yeah, I was more well-behaved after that. I've, yeah, I mean, I've had my share, and mm. the moment you get on motorcycles, you have a few more shares. Oh, motorcycles, um, yeah. But I mean, I also strongly believe that you become a better driver if you're 
motorcyclists uh, because you're more aware. And I I'm not, so. I've never been the motorcyclist with the headset on. Right. Or I, back in my days when we first got started, because I got my motorcycle license back when early or 1999, yep. I had friends that were putting on the earbuds, the wired earbuds mm -hmm. and riding. And I was like, dude, that's like the biggest mistake that you could ever do because you can't pay attention to what's going on around I you. I can't even do that. I can't even do that driving. No. I still... It, it, for some reason, when I do have headphones on or a, a complete set of head ear, it just, it messes up my, my concentration. So, so your dad was painting and then you yeah. got into it yeah, and then you started taking it over. Well, my first job, my first job working for somebody else was pretty much in painting. So that was when I was 14 years old and uh, a guy uh, from our church hired me in those days, minimum wage was $4 an hour. And I remember the day that Ray said to me, Scott, I want to pay you $5 an hour. <laughs> and it was amazing to me. I could buy more guitar equipment. That number five is just massive in it your head, right? It was massive. massive. It was this big, fat, yeah. fatty five. And uh, so, yeah. So, and Ray, Ray actually, he, he left. He went, he was from the States. He went back to California. He now owns the largest rest, historical restoration company in the United States. Wow. It's called Spectra. Anybody can look it up. And they, so they restore old casinos and old, like, uh, you know, river boats and like that kind of stuff. Um, has about 100 employees. And so, uh, yeah. So Ray Adamick, and he's also an incredible philanthropist. Uh, That's the one good thing that the U.S. does really well is just restoring old, keeping the heritage going, yeah, right? Yeah. And, and so one bad thing that, Canada's at especially Toronto we're yeah. really good at just demolishing everything and building something new on yeah. top of it yeah he, he what he does he has like he has those kill like it's a kiln or it's like <laughs> he can he can like recreate like uh our iron gates yeah he can uh you know those gargoyles that sit on yeah. the side of buildings like he can make he can make those to restore them like so he left painting to get into that world well he left when he left painting here yeah he went back there the reason was he won a bid for a one-third share of the painting contract at Disneyland. One-third share. One-third share of the painting business at Disneyland. I can only assume that Disneyland gets painted every so often. All the time. Frequently, right? right? Like, can you imagine the colors? Yeah, it's got to be like, like vibrant all the time. Like Because the sun is full sun, fading away, whatever. Totally. It's just yeah. you start one and work to the other. So that's why he went one of the reasons. And kind of that started his his journey. I don't know how he got into historical restoration. But man, if I could have got connection. a visa a long time ago, I could have worked for him. <laughs> wow. Okay, so then he leaves and you're here. So he leaves and I'm here. And um, it's one of those things where I tried a few different things over my life, but always kind of returned to painting. So I tried, I was selling insurance for three or four, for three or four years. Life insurance, car insurance, all uh, insurances? I was selling life insurance, and, okay. you know, that kind of thing. And so... Um, that was, uh, that was a great, um, you know, until, you know, I realized that I was actually terrified of doing sales on the phone. So I was terrified of calling people. What was the fear? I don't know. It's like something in my body. Complete stranger. I'm okay right now, but yeah. like in those days I built a soundproof room in my basement. I did all that stuff. But when I would pick up the phone to call somebody who was not expecting my call, I would literally feel in my body. I Twist. would... I would, my heart would start to pound. I would start to sweat. I mean, I was sitting there in my shorts, but I, my heart would, I would start to sweat and I couldn't do it. And so um, that was the big, 
thing. And then what I decided to do is, okay, well, in person, I'm confident. So in those days, I would just walk into a factory and I would say, hey, I'm Scott. I was just here. I just wanted to talk to the owner for a second. Just, and I would, and I would just try to sell door them. Door knock. Just so walk I, in. Yeah. So I would try to sell them big policies. So I was trying to look, go after the big fish, right? Big buy-sell agreements and everything. And so finally, I wrote this one gigantic policy. It was a $125,000 commission that I would have got. The guy was healthy as a horse. Guy did all of the, went through all the medicals, all the things. Everything's all approved. And they turned him down because he had too many speeding tickets. For life insurance? Yeah, because if you have too many speeding tickets with life insurance, risk. they'll turn you down because of the risk. So he had a Jaguar Sovereign, drove the snot out of it, had... In those days, I think you were, had 12 or 13 demerit points you could get, and then you would lose your license. Yeah. And he was like at 11. He was, his, his stuff was like 50 kilometers over the speed limit, 80. So he's just a speed guy. He's a speed guy. And I had no idea. So after that, I'm like, you know, career change kind of thing. So How long did you do the insurance? Four years. That's a long run. It was a long run. Yeah. It was a long run. You got to meet a lot of people. I did. And that's, that's really the best. That's one of the best things that I enjoyed. Precursor that's, to painting business. It's still the thing I enjoy the most yeah. is meeting new people. Yeah. Whether they're, no matter what kind of person they're on, even people that are challenging, like I enjoy that. Uh, I enjoy meeting new people and, and seeing them and everything. So, so that was great. Then I, I had my, I started my business in 1997 and I always joke because I had my sons all working in the business, my cousin, uh, my son's best friend. And I always joke, you know, Fitch painting, uh, teaching kids what they don't want to do with the rest of their life since 1997. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, because you saw that whole group of kids coming in and they had that look I, on their face. I always, had, I always had young people. And yeah. I say that now, they, I think they enjoyed it then. The only thing my own kids didn't like is all the lecturing. You know, like every nail hole is a separate job all by itself. And the, so the, the constant that was something. But both, boys, both my boys painted their way through college. And uh, it's been a... Did been they a, improve over the years? As a, they, they, they perfected yeah, the nail holes? They yeah. In fact, my, my, old, my youngest son, he, uh, he's actually a sales manager with Wow One Day Painting. Oh yeah, okay, in okay. Uh, in in the Milton Georgetown area. Right. So uh, so again, painting has become now it's really become his bread and butter. But he's in sales and management, so he has enough information, you know, so from his attention. experience. He, he did, yeah. And it and it, it 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 paid off and became an opportunity for him. So what happened is with me is that um, at some point I got into doing a lot of new construction painting, and uh, after doing the new construction painting. Uh, there was this time when all my builders were like digging and there was no work mm. and all my repaint work had kind of dried up. Nothing was staggered. Huh? Phone stopped ringing. Okay. And uh, I responded to this ad for a painting manager. Well, I didn't even know a painting company could have that many people to have a painting manager. And um, so I checked it out. And that's what I did is I started doing sales and management. And this was for like a, just a, another, for another painting company. Yeah. Really? So I left my business. Okay. I basically gave all of my tools to my cousin, Corey, who, you know, now has an incredible painting business in the Cambridge area, precision painting. They're number one. They're awesome. If anybody's listening in that area, he's the guy to call. If you need work in that area, he's the guy to call anyway. Um, but 
Any business, especially in construction, requires us to know what's going on at all times. How can we avoid being dragged down by the bits and bytes in order to have that time to build the business and take it forward? If we don't have the right tool to operate our business and are doing things manually instead of digitally, we end up being held back. Now, I'm not talking about making sheets on Excel or texting instead of calling. I'm talking about whole new levels of doing things digitally. From knowing that our employees clocked in at the right place and time, ensuring our employees know the job they need to do, tracking what's going on in the field by receiving live forms or checklists, these all can and should be done digitally. Not to mention your younger employees who work and live digitally expect to get that in their workplace as well. And if this sounds like fiction, it's not. Just switch to Connect Team, a platform built for managers and its many different capabilities to help you truly manage your business and give you back time to focus on what you need while giving your employees the work experience they expect to get in 2024. Connect Team has a free plan and a 14-day free trial. Try them today by checking out the link in the show notes. So Corey took over my relationships with the builders. He still serves those families to this day. And um, I started managing. So I was doing three to five quotes every single day, managing the crews that were doing deploying the work. And I ended up doing that for eight years. Did you like it more than being on the tools? Uh, in, some, in some ways I did. Okay. In some ways I did. You know, because I, I got to meet all of those people. Those were the best. Th that was the best part of it was meeting all those people. Uh, I really enjoyed working with the painters. I really enjoyed trying to help them to be successful. Uh, you know, a lot of those painters were subcontractors. And so there was this always this initial thing where I was, you know, they were always challenging how much money was in the job and. I would try to show them, hey, this is a way you can do what, like this is, this will help you. Um, and it didn't always go over that great. Um, but it was, it was a great time for relationships. It was a great way to get to know the city of Toronto. <laughs> oh, so you were focusing mostly in, in the, okay. Most, yeah, mostly in the city. And okay. so, so that was great. Um, and then really just recently, I ended up doing the same thing for a company in Barrie. Um, and then recently I, um, you know, uh, the owner of that company decided that they were going to continue doing sales themselves. And I thought, uh, you know, my mom came and moved in with us. My daughter is just in Innisfil, not far away. And I have three granddaughters with my daughter and how young are you, man? Dude, I am 52. Yeah. And you three granddaughters? I got married when I was 18 years old. So Whoa. I've been, I've been married to the same girl for 32 High years. High school sweetheart kind of thing? Sort of like church camp sweetheart okay all right <laughs> but yeah church camp sweetheart uh, so that's what's the secret scott uh the secret i would just say is that um we had uh, we had very very we had good friendships we had good people around us uh we we had good church relationships church was formative for us yeah. also provided tons of babysitters <laughs> so that was great um and some therapy no doubt uh, communication communication but we you know and we but we had to have outside help we had to have somebody help me to get on the path to learning uh something about girls was it just, i didn't I know nothing about girls much. i was 18 but yeah at 18 i didn't I'm know trying nothing to imagine myself. dude i had my i had my 
ring on layaway in my last year of high school. Do you know what layaway is? Does anybody know <laughs> yes. what layaway is? Yes. Right? Watch Saturday Night Fever and you'll know what layaway is. Yeah. Okay? So it's, yeah. So, uh, you know, they set the ring aside for you, yeah, you and then you make payments. And yeah. once you pay it, they give you the ring. Yeah. Right. They even used to do this at Walmart, but they so did I, it for any, anything back in the day. Yeah. So, uh, so they would set the thing aside for you. So, yeah. So I started paying the for that before I even graduated. So I, I still Did don't know what I was know that you were going to get married? Was she surprised when you asked? Or? Um, no, I don't think she was surprised. Um, I think, uh, and even my mom was ecstatic, um, but, uh, but my dad was not, uh, which is totally understandable. Totally what understandable. Age did I don't he recommend get, it. Did your parents get married? Oh, he did it after university. So right, not that and much longer after. Like, well, what, he did I was, was in high school. I was 22? in high school, and me getting married meant I didn't go to university. So anyway, it was, it was just a weird. I don't know. It was a weird time growing up for me. You know, we yeah, but no, you you got a family and grandkids now. Now and, I can't recommend that path to anybody, but I'm not sure I can recommend any path because it's yeah, I know. You, you, like, you, what's the alternative you, today? You, you can't. You, you've got you know it's not really a matter of being ready or anything like that. It's just like, how committed are you to the decision that you made? How, you know, what, what are the, what's the adversity that you have? And is there a way, is there a way to move through it and keep, to keep going? What's the best for everybody? You know, it's a lot. So when you got married at that point, yeah, you already kind of had some, hindsight on what your career path was going to be and what her career path was going to be and how you guys were going to build a family and struggle and financially survive like you guys already started to see that far ahead or we were just like let's make it work let's just this is how it's gonna we'll figure it out when the bumps come yeah we'll it was figure it out yeah it was uh, yeah it was definitely it's been survival honestly for yeah. most of that thir- most of that 30 years at least 25 years it's been survival without a plan looking for you know, the biggest and best opportunity that I could find. I've always been somewhat of an opportunist, even getting painting jobs and getting painting projects. Many times I've gone outside of the typical way of, you know, doing that. Uh, Just ask a few more questions, knock on a few more doors, you know. um, Scott, like, is it fair to say that putting yourself, both of you guys, you know, your wife and everybody, in that situation makes you look at things differently. So when you had either opportunities or difficulties, you both were looking at them differently to try to figure out how we resolve this. Does that happen? Cause I have not it been does, in that situation. It do, right? Yeah. I mean, it, when you're, when you're young and you've got responsibilities that a lot of other people don't have until they've been alive another 10 years, yeah, then uh, it's probably is the definition of just survival. Mm-hmm. The, it's the definition of scrape to survive. The The good thing, the thing that we had going for us and the thing that we still have going for us is that although my wife and I disagree on almost everything, one of the things we agreed on was kind of how to raise the kids. So not that we never had disagreements about the kids, but we weren't. there was a lot that we agreed on and even now when we look back, even the stuff that probably was done in error, we agreed on at the time, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so um, definitely when you, 
when you thought about something, you, for me personally, when I thought about something, I thought, is there any way I can do this? Is there any way I can do this? Because this could be an opportunity. This could be lucrative. This could help my rent to get paid. This could help something, right? This could get us another, this could get us another car, right? This, you know, this could do something for us. And um, once I decided that, I was like, okay, well, what's the, is there any, what's the path to doing that? How can, how can I get into the insurance business? How can I open this relationship? How can I do that? And so. um, That's why I was bringing it up. I was just thinking that your mindset is different because of the position that you're in. Yeah. You don't think about things that you would not, that you normally wouldn't think of if you were not in that situation. Yeah. It gives you a chance you get a little bit of muscle memory, like you get a yeah. bit of muscle memory in overcoming things that seem impossible. Yeah, and that's that's one of the that's one of the things that I can look at when I come into a tough situation now, or when I get myself into a tough situation now. You know, whatever reason I'm there, I if I take the moment to look back, and I think to myself, okay, that was that was impossible. There's no way that I could, but you know, I could, I, I found a way, I found a way, you know, we, and we, we don't take enough credit for ourselves to sit back and look back on our lives and what we've accomplished. Mm-hmm. We don't, we don't stop and smell the roses and look at, at some point in your life, there were certain things that you accomplished that you never thought you were going to accomplish, mm-hmm. but then you did. And now you've forgotten those things. And when yeah. I think you should actually be remembering those things that you achieve these milestones, whether it be yeah. whatever it is, if family getting married at a young age. Yeah. And but for anybody listening, anybody, yeah. for anybody listening, if you take, if you, re, if you go back in this conversation just a few seconds ago, really, Manny, you could be talking to almost anybody. Yeah. Right. You could be talking to the engineer. You could be talking to anybody that's in this building. Yeah. You know, anybody that's listening to us right now, if they would look back in time, most of them have been through something that if you were to put it out in front of us right now, you'd say, there's no way you could survive, survive that. that. But we're talking many, right now we're talking to survivors. Yeah. We're talking to people that have been through things that seemed impossible. And so whatever it is that's coming up against you now, that seems impossible and it seems that there's no way, you, could, you can many times take instruction from your own life and if you can't take instruction from your own life, maybe you can take instruction from a relative's life or a good friend's life. On and the flip side, Scott, do you feel that the younger trades that are getting into the business, it's almost a temporary mindset where everything is fine. Everybody's offering, if you get into the business, a healthy wage, relatively speaking. If you're getting into a, a labor position, I guess, you're starting in early 20s per hour. And then you, you're, you're being told you can have growth. So it's like you're, you're not being told of any hardships. You're only being told about increments of hourly wages and opportunity, financially speaking. Mm-hmm. But there's none of those real struggles that are attached to that. And I think that a lot of the younger trades are getting in. They don't want to take on the responsibility of what you as a business owner carries on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. They just want to be a part of that line item that I'm an employee and I know that I'm making this much money this week, period. I don't want to care or worry about all that overhead that my boss has do you see that or no well i i don't wonder if people actually i think they maybe 
would thrive and would love their life more if they actually had more responsibility. I agree with you 100. And yeah. I think there may be an initial thing about that, but it's it's based on their previous experience with okay, if I take on responsibility, then, you know, ugh, work, ugh, steps, oh, not easy, right? Um, however, I think if they could get to the place, if, if somebody could show them the path or show them the steps, and they could do that with some element of joy and energy and life, maybe they, maybe they could feel like, okay, maybe I'm, I'm stepping into something that is not just a job, but maybe I'm stepping into something that could actually bring me some joy, could actually create something for me. Yeah. And so I'm a little bit on a lifetime journey to, to find out what that means in the painting world, to find out what that means with, um, with people. And of course, my business back then was all young people. So I, I know it's been a long time, and, then, and those young people are older now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I would agree with you that there's this like initial thing. Um, but I think what's lacking in the world is energy. What's lacking in the world is positive human energy. Vibe. You know? Vibe and, being rubbed off of other people. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So, um, I feel like a, a lot of society is on cruise control right now. Well, sure. I mean, Look, look what, what it is. That, Where's what, our extremes? Look like what it is. That, well, look what it is that we've, we've been through, yeah, right? And it's, and it's difficult for people because you have a lot, you know, every person that's on the internet is constantly bombarded with this opportunity and that opportunity. And or being do, reminded and, that you're not where you should be. 100%. And all of a sudden, you're comparing yourself to a sure. million strangers. Sure that you think are doing a lot better than you are, which is not factual. Yeah. And if you're, yeah, if you're a trade, if you're a tradesperson, or if you, even if you're starting a business, you know, how much of your internet experience is loaded with ads for business opportunities and do this and be, do a, be a podcaster and be on audible and have a book and, you know, do an ebook and have funnels and, all of that kind of stuff. And it's, it's, it's challenging for people. Mm -hmm. It's challenging for me many times, especially as an opportunist. It's, it's challenging for me to say, okay, this is my thing. This, you know, this is what I'm choosing to do right now. And I'm going to ride that bus to the end of the line, you know, and really, really difficult. And I think every time somebody especially a younger person, every time somebody, a younger person gets a job, this is, I think this is being built in. Yeah. Where it's like, I can't, I, I don't, I, I can't get to know you because you're, I, I just don't trust. It's going to, it's going to take a while for me to trust you. I'm probably won't. I better not get too close. They've already gotten to the finish line without even experiencing it. Yeah, I mean, which is a, a miss. They're thinking of the finish line first, yeah. right? It's like online dating, yeah. where before I even meet you, Manny, I've already, I've already, I've googled you, you. Yes. I put you on Facebook. You, you know, I got you on Facebook. They're doing and it business wise. I, they're doing it on all levels. They are right. So they they make we get into this habit now of making decisions about things before they happen, 
and trying to be, and becoming like these visionaries of what something is going to be like before it even happens. And it happens in a split second. And are vacations really about the destination or about getting to there to the point? Well, my wife and I love road trips. So for us, it's definitely about it's the for us, it's a, it's for the, us, yeah. we're not anxious to get to the destination, oh, anxious I, to get to the destination. Best parts of all my vacations have always been about yeah. the struggles or the ups and downs sure. about getting to the point. And once you got there, you can reflect back on what it took to get you here. Sure. But I will admit there's, there's parts of my life where, um, I would have, I would love to have certain things happening in my life right now, but I haven't been willing to invest in the journey. I haven't been willing to put the work in I need to make that happen. So I understand how that can be challenging, even with your lifestyle, especially if you have some, if you're young and you have a backup and you don't have to survive on your own, you've got people that are supporting you as long as they need to support you. Since 2015, Groove has been built off the foundation of experience, innovation, and the continued desire to evolve how work is done even after the trade has mastered it. The people at Groove have more than 40 years of experience in the drywall and construction industry. Their commitment to both the growth of the company and the individuals Groove simply calls clients is unparalleled. Their mission is to empower builders, designers, and architects with the freedom to build on their designs, to encompass creativity in all of their projects without sacrificing quality, efficiency, or affordability. They accomplish this by providing production-focused solutions and design workflows that allow builders to overcome their construction limitations through drywall. They see drywall in a different way. Innovate, inspiration, integrity. Groove Industries. Check out Groove Industries at www.grooveind.com and on social at grooveind and reach out to them on their email orders at grooveind.com or steve at grooveind.com and andre j at grooveind.com. And also their phone number is 416-629-3756. You know, it's just... But I do want to say... Like, it's different. For the younger trades that are getting into the industry... Yep. They may think that they have a lot of time if they're getting started and they go apply and they find a job in their early 20s. And they're like, mm, I'll mess around in my 20s. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, just be a little cautious because you can blink an eye. Your 20s are over. Totally. And you get into your 30s. And once you get into your 30s, totally. you're going to be coming up on 40s real fast. And then once you get into your 40s and you're still kind of just surfing, mm -hmm. just hanging out, just trying, experimenting, moving around yeah. and stuff. It's, it's, it just don't be so easily confused where it's it's like okay yeah i'll just i'll take some time to do this i'll take some time to do that i think if you spend some time on focusing and get rid of the distractions in your life and mm -hmm. like you said earlier it's just like don't look at the end before you even start at the beginning mm -hmm. yeah I, I think you know i think uh, you know tony robbins is great for this is you know it, it's it's not about who you are it's kind of like about who you're becoming Become. right and there's all we only have a certain amount of time and as far as life goes, we only have one take, yeah. right? Matthew McConaughey says this, <laughs> you know, you only have one take. Yeah. You, you can have do-overs, but, but the camera's always rolling, yeah. right? So we're having this conversation, you know, and, but at the same time, and we could, I could make a mistake. I could say, you know, uh, a bad word or I could do whatever and we could stop and hit, but there's a camera that's always rolling and that's our life. And so uh, I, I think there's definitely a, a balance and a, a piece of help that could be offered to younger people getting into the trades. And if you're, in the, if you're listening to us, we want you in the trades. Yeah. We want you to work with your hands. We want you 
to raise families where you can typically be home by five or six o'clock at night and you won't have to check your emails. You know, that's a good life. The trades is a good life. It's a great place to have a life. It's a great place to raise a family. It's a great thing to be able to pass on to the generations beyond us. Uh, But like Manny said, you know, I would always encourage you to have a little bit of stickiness to try something, to stick with it, you know, for a little bit longer period of time. Because you never know what and, might come up. Because you never know yeah. what might come up and what you're learning. What you're learning can definitely feed into the person that you want to become. And Do you, Scott, I mean, it, I, I kind of saw this in my 40s and getting into my 50s, I, I kind of feel it more. Do you start to reevaluate things and look back and start to, I guess the best word I can use is maybe readjust your professional outlook, but it also is connected to your personal outlook. Sure. Do you do that? Sure. And I, I think my, uh, my youngest son, Daniel, is probably the one who alerted me to this when I was in the middle of making a decision. And he's the one who said to me, he said, Dad, what kind of life do you want to have? Mm-hmm. What's your perfect day like? What's your perfect life? It's a good question. Like, right? And is there a way that you can design that? Forget about designing something that makes the most money. Forget about decide, designing something that makes the most benefit for someone else. And so much of my life has been spent, and I still, there's a, still a big part of me that, yeah, I want to have a certain amount of success. But I want to have that success for the benefit of someone else so that I can be there to enjoy that benefit with them, yeah. like my family, yeah. right? And I understand that. But he said to me, what he was saying to me is, what do you want your day to look like? Did you, you answer know? him? Could I, you I, answer couldn't, him? I couldn't answer him. You couldn't him answer him. At the time. Yeah, because you had to actually think And now it. as I'm getting older and I'm a grandfather, I, it's, coming, it's coming further into view. So... Do I love being on the tools? Yes. I love being working with a customer and working in their home and doing a great job for them. And if I make a mistake, I'm the one who made the mistake and I can work out the solution because I'm there because I'm there. However, I am thankful that recently I had to take my mom to the hospital. How old is she? For a, she's 74. She lives okay. with us. Yeah. And... I, I I was able to take her for an assessment where she actually received some pretty bad news. I would not have wanted a Red Cross driver to take her there and a her stranger. be alone. A stranger. To hear that. Yeah. I, I believe it was providential that I was there, but I could only be there because I had people working in my business. So yeah, that's part of the life that I want to have, right? Do I want to have... 10 of those crews out there working and, and have, you know, two or three problems and challenges happen all at once. I'm not sure that I want to, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the, I'm not sure what the picture of that life would be. Do you look at your daily choices reflecting on your son, Daniel's question these days? Are you looking at it like (sighs) if I'm building my business and I'm going to extend and I'm going to grow tenfold, fivefold, whatever it is, do you, kind of rubber stamp that and go, okay, is this going to make me happy? Is this going to be, it's my whole, it's my whole tension right now. Right now. Huh? It's, okay. it's my whole tension. And in fact, it's one of the reasons I reached out to you mm-hmm. 
was, you know, something that we could process here that maybe will benefit somebody else. Or if anything, just to realize that you might not be the only one going through this. And it's... I strongly believe that. I strongly believe that there's a lot of quiet individuals out there that listen to the show. Yeah. Have a guest on the show, have myself on the show, and something is expressed, and it connects with somebody. Whether they reach out and acknowledge that and talk to you, that happens and it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of quiet voices out there that... I think that's what the show does. It just, they hear something that connects with them and they realize I'm, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one that's going through this. And that's, that's I think, in general, trades people in the construction industry across. That's just how it is. And I think because a lot of the compliments that I've gotten so far from doing the show is I never thought I was the only one. Like, I, I just, everyone thinks that they're all by themselves and they're going through the exact same, like, that's it. That's their problems. They're, they're the only one going through this. And I'm like, you're not, man. Like, you're totally not. Yeah. I mean, lo- loneliness itself is an epidemic yeah. right now. I mean, you can you can Google it. UCLA does a study every single year on loneliness. And I believe what they said was that a person is described as lonely if they felt at least a couple of times a month that there was absolutely nobody that they could talk to, nobody that they would, would understand mm-hmm. them, that they didn't have any options to be able to express what they were going through. And I think the numbers showed that, you know, boomers had that, like 30% of them. Xers had that like 46% of them. And it's somewhere around 60% now. For millennials? 60%, yes, yeah. Wow. So it, it's around 60% for millennials and whatever the next one is. Um, What's Z? the next? No, not Z. What is it? There, Z. Yeah, Z. Gen Z. Yeah, so, and so that's the thing. That's thi- a huge amount. It's huge. Can you, like... They and don't feel they have cons- they can reach out to somebody to just speak no. to somebody. That's what they say. And that's what they say compared to I feel like I was I felt like I was on my own. I could do anything I wanted from the time I was 8 years old. I could mm. be gone and come home at any time. <laughs> well, I mean, you got the opportunity to you know? smell, you know, oil paint in a gas station. Yeah. Bathroom, right? Yeah. <laughs> so and so that puts you on a different planet. Yeah, it was just <laughs> It was just complete, and so I felt. But at the same time, I, I, I wasn't. I wasn't lonely. I had, and I don't. I don't remember a lot of times where I felt like I knew that I could. I that there was a leader or a pastor or a, a person or a, bro, uh, a, a, a an uncle, uh, you know, or even my dad, whom I miss terribly. <laughs> um, but you know, like my dad's been gone seven years, and I wish I could just have ten more wow. minutes with him. But so I never felt, I never felt that way, but it's a real thing. So, um, so I'm really happy. I'm happy for what we're doing because there will, there will be, there'll be somebody that, you know, maybe connects with what yeah. it is. Yeah, I totally believe But that. now I do, I want, so I've had an experience even just this week where I know that, yes, I want somebody else working in my business. I don't want to just be on the tools. Why? Because if I have a grandkid that's sick and I need to babysit one of my daughter's other two kids. That's far more important. I, I can do that. Yeah. And that investment is way more than what, you know. And so anything I can do that has like this kind of like really super, super, super important thing. I still have a switch in my body that says, is everything okay? Because I'm not painting right now. <laughs> it's like, Why aren't I? Yeah, I like know. is everything okay? Because it I'm not. Weird. I'm not the one there. It's weird. But and I've 
you know, I've had, I've had as many people as 12 people working for me when I was working in another company, I had as many as 20 people that I was responsible for. Um, and I've been there um, in that environment. I'm wondering if I could build something that was that big, but I would still be excited about it. I would still feel like, you know, the people on site were enjoying their lives, that the, the painters were having the best experience they could possibly have as a painter working for somebody else. If I felt that way, I feel like there would be a, a reciprocal way that they would conduct themselves there that would represent me well and I would have fewer problems but maybe there's a certain number of people that it gets to the point where that's not necessarily possible do you feel Scott that um this is your last attempt at growing the business before you start to exit the business or you think that there's still a bunch of growth ahead of you I mean, I think there's, I think there is growth ahead of me that is not, that kind of stems out of my experience in the painting business that is not necessarily applying paint to a wall. And so, um, I have done consulting with painting companies, you know, I have a very high closing ratio when it comes to sales, both working as an employee and as a, so I have systems that can help, uh, can help painters, um, do in the quoting process and in closing deals. And so that's all true. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that there are things that I'm going to be doing for the first time, like a podcast. <laughs> this is the first time you're doing a podcast? First time. Really? First time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, there's things that I'm going to be doing. There's going to be doors that are going to open. Um, and I think if, if anything, it's just because I am a painter, yes, but I value people the most. So my three core values would be that, that people are important. Mm-hmm. People make mistakes, mm-hmm. but everybody's value is worth pursuing. Mm-hmm. And so if my, if whatever I'm doing for a living doesn't kind of pour into that at this point in my life, that's important. If I'm too occupied, either on a site or because I'm thinking about the business and I can't detach I'm too much that way and I don't have any space for anybody else or anything else in my life. Um, at this season of my life, that's not going to work. I'm not sure it does at any point really. Um, but so yeah, I think things are going to, to change as far as what I do. And I think I'm hoping to create some kind of new paradigm in the painting business that can help painters. Um, because in painting, Many times, you know, people are not, they're not going to make a lifetime career with us. They're not necessarily. Yeah, we were talking about that off mic just before we got started, how it's just, it's almost just a stepping stone, whether they get into the trades and get in through this mm-hmm. and then go to others, or they just get in as a temporary thing just to make their money to get to their next opportunity in life, whatever yeah. it, that career choice will be. But I think that like, there's opportunity there. You should be paying attention to the person who's running the business and the experience that they've had and what lessons they've learned over the years, Mm -hmm. because those are all applicable lessons to wherever you potentially may be going. Absolutely. And when I was an employee, that was my, that was one of the things that I lived by is that I was an employee, but I considered my job description really to be my business. Yeah. And 
that really my boss was my customer. And so everything kind of poured out of that. I didn't have to work the hours I did, but I did. I didn't have to do a lot of the things that I did, but I did. I didn't have to set up the systems for sales that I did. I didn't have to pay for my own, you know, CRM, customer relationship management software. Mm. I was just a sales guy, but I did because it benefited the my business or my opportunity. And even as a painter working on somebody else's site or as a tradesperson person working for somebody else, whether or not you like the person personally or not, you know, like we said, we don't want to waste any time. Mm-hmm. I've been there. I've worked for people that are very, very challenging. I've worked for people of all kinds of different, you know, in, in painting and otherwise, and there is an opportunity to learn something, but we don't want to change who we are. And that's... But sometimes you need to. Yeah. I think you need to. I think if you don't, then you're not growing. Quickly turn digital measurements into efficient gains for your business. With iGUIDE, you can turn around DWG floor plans within 48 hours, easily share project files with partners, and create 3D walkthroughs for your clients. Stop struggling with inaccurate measurements, manual processes, and inefficient project planning and collaboration. Discover how you can boost productivity and cut costs with a virtual demo. Visit www.goiguide.com forward slash AEC to connect with an iGUIDE specialist. I think that you have to, like what we said earlier, how yeah. most people get into this industry thinking already about the finish line when they haven't even started at the beginning. Yeah. And I'm like, why don't you just go through those little bumps and bruises? And you never know what kind of person you might become as a result of it. Yeah. No, I would agree with that. I think I think that makes sense, what you're saying, for sure. Why are so many clients, your trade is the one trade. It's like just emotional turmoil. Like it's just... If the color or the application is just off a hair, yeah. then the sunset is not perfect in their eyes. Yeah. And it's just, but then it's also the flip side too, where if it's actually bang on perfect match to what they wanted to create, then it's just double rainbow at that point. You know mm. what I mean? It's like, why is there such a huge emotional connection to painting of a personal home, a structure, exterior, interior? There is just such, like, why is there so much emotional attached to this trade? Well, there might be a few things that inform that. I mean, frequently, if you're talking about a reno construction project, for example, the person has been through a lot yeah. by the time you get to you. we're painting the yeah. house. They've been through a lot. They've been through a lot of delays. They've been through a lot of news of stuff costing more than, it's gonna co- than they thought it would cost things taking longer than they thought it was going to take. And so even when somebody has done an amazing job contracting that project, uh, you know, many times they're out of time yeah. and they're, <laughs> you know, they're out of time in their mind, they're out of money and they're out of patience and we show up, right? Curtains drawn. So <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it's, it, and so at that point, but it all comes back to this is that when you create a great experience for somebody, when you communicate well with them, when you protect their property, when you care about your behavior every moment that you're on their property, when you start to care about all those things, that level of scrutiny starts to not be as intense. 
that that because the feeling that they have with you. I know guys that are terrible contractors, but people can't help themselves. Yeah. They have to work with them. And it's the only option on the table in this area. Well, well no, it's not that. It's a, he he's such a nice guy. He's like he's a, he's just this great guy. And no matter what his reviews are, no matter what anything, people are just they're amazed, fascinated, but and it seems to me he gets away with the the stuff that's like incredible to me. But and part of that is part of that is just that again, when you take care of somebody's place and you take care of somebody yeah. and they feel genuinely that you care about them, I feel like that level of scrutiny, that level of scrutiny goes down, and uh, people are not necessarily going overboard with all of those things. At the same time, just like in any business, uh, any trade, you know, setting expectations is super important. You want to ask a lot of questions at the beginning to try and find out what's important to that person. You want to look for triggers. When when you're doing the quote and they say words like perfect or like new or you're going to fix this, right? Well, it's a good thing to mine and figure out what that means. Um, or what's that perception of theirs? What is that? What yeah. is that perception of theirs? And it takes, it, it, it takes some training or time to, uh, to find out what those triggers are, what, what, what the words that come out of their mouth, what emotions they're actually expressing, what kind of experiences the person has had before. And if you do enough quotes, I've probably done 10,000 quotes in my life. So if you do enough quotes, you start to, first of all, you start to experience things that you never thought you'd experience. You know, I was in one person's house and the, uh, the cut in line was down like a full, a full quarter of an inch. For what so you had purpose? white, ce- you had white ceiling paint and okay. then you had this little, little line Why? down there. Well, I think it was just because that w- the way the person could put some tape there, maybe. Okay. Stick some tape. All right. So when I was doing the quote, she said, so your lines are going to look like that, right? Because that was done by a professional. And that's, I'm pretty sure that's how professional painters do that. How did you respond to that? So, I know how I would have responded to that. I said, <laughs> I said, well, I said, you know, the, the rest of the jaw, I tried to kind of agree with her. So you... My opinion, you kind of always initially agree with somebody, which is what you can agree on. Yes. You know, the rest of the job looks great. Like the lines at the door frames, they look great. And it looks like the stuff was really well prepared. I was trying to think of anything. And he said, however, I said, we take more of an approach where we want to bring the color that's on the wall up to the end of the wall. And then when we put, when we paint, when we do the cut line, it may seem like you're kind of touching the ceiling just a little bit, but it's going to be nice and straight. Yeah, it would be that would be my. I think that's what I said. <laughs> I just I would I would never think. I know that sometimes I've seen painters do it where it's on staircase and you're doing trim and you you want to just avoid that tightness to the corner because sure. that's a risk there where the paint could peel. Yep. But that's because you're on the two different planes. Yeah, you're dealing with uh you know like a sealer on a, a wood treatment versus a paint on the side treatment. Sure. So that always has that potential for tearing, which becomes a repair at that point. Yeah. But on a ceiling and wall application, I just don't. That's just um, a yeah, painter the, the, who wanted to figure out how do I do it. The experience line. just really showed me that it's there are it's there people. are person yeah. there are people that have many many that have been around for a long time, 
the tiniest percentage of that time has been spent on learning what your trade does. Yeah. And whatever that 1% is or that little tiny experience they have, sometimes they extrapolate that. I was in one lady's house in the city of Toronto. They had bought in that house, they had bought that house, I think she had said for $23,000. And it's in 2000 and what? 2000 square feet. She had a she had a sign on her lawn that said no agents. <laughs> like on her lawn. Because she probably gets asked every day, right? Right. Yeah. So I went into her house and every room in the house was a color, an individual color, on the ceiling, walls, doors, door frames, window frames, and baseboard. All the same color, all the same paint. A different color in each room. Okay. And she was 80 years old or something and she said... Yeah, my kids really, you know, thinking that maybe it's time that we're actually going to sell the house, but we're just trying to think of a way that maybe we could, I don't know, freshen up the colors and maybe update things. I said, well, here's an idea. It's just, I, I mean, I'm not a designer, but one idea is you could choose a kind of a neutral color for the walls, but then you could take the trim, like the doors, door frames, baseboard, window frame. You could paint them white. A lot of people are, when they go into a house and it's done that way, you know, they can kind of imagine themselves in the space. And, she, in the space. and she said to me, she said, what? People do that? Really? Yeah. White? Why would, <laughs> why wouldn't you paint it the same color as the walls? That color is supposed to be in that room. But isn't that what they're doing now? She had, not with extreme colors, but I've they're seen, doing that. Yeah, of course. Tone so now on they're tone. doing it where they're trying to sell the idea that, it's the same color, but different sheens. Mm -hmm. So it's slightly different. It's the same color, though, but it looks like it's a different color. Yeah. And I'm like, is it just marketing at this point here? Like, what's you guys? I don't know. But for her. That's what her. That, yeah. For her, she thought it was news to her because she had either never been in somebody else and seen that or noticed it. And so people's experience many times, you want to... When you're going out to see somebody, sometimes you gotta you gotta search for that. You gotta mine that. Well, you gotta see the person. You gotta you gotta meet. She's got eighty years, and well, she's that's been the other. That's why I don't do any quotes over the phone. Yeah, like that's you, why I don't give any numbers over the phone. Understand the personality, the person. Yeah, I want to. I want to yeah. not only. I want to see and touch. Yeah. The surface that we're going to be working with, and I want to meet and look in the eye of the person I'm prospectively doing business with. Was it all? It must have been all lath and plaster. The house. Yeah. Oh yeah, must have been. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. All original woodworking. Oh that yeah. Was, that Everything. Was yeah. No. 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 Nothing was done. But it. And so that the the less the the lesson I've learned after making a, I mean, how do you get experience? You make a ton of mistakes. Yeah. Right. It's the best way, unfortunately. Right. So yeah, I'm the most right. experienced, which means yeah, I'm the biggest loser. Made the most mistakes. <laughs> I, I made the most mistakes. Out. Right. Yes. So and and that's what it is. Is just not understanding people's expectations, right? Uh, you know, uh, you're priming, priming drywall, priming drywall. And, um, you know, the, the lady says, well, aren't you going to paint it right down to the floor? She said, it's not, it's not protected. If you don't paint it right down to the floor, that drywall is not protected. It could get moisture. This is before you, okay. So, so you're before, priming before, drywall before priming, trim. Yeah. You got to have paint all the way down to the floor to protect right so it's just people get ideas and experience and it's it's not insurmountable always it may show a level of scrutiny that a person's going to give a project that you may not be able to 
live up to. That's possible. But people are people. And that component of them may mean that it's not going to work out. Where does some of this knowledge of theirs come from? Is it just instinctively from themselves? Or do they actually do some research on their own and just figure, well, that drywall needs to be fully covered with paint or primer of some sort before anything else happens? Like, I mean... I think in the most unique ones, it's just something that gets into their mind. I go back to the emotional. It gets into their mind and their feeling is, I want that. Whether or not you think it's a good idea, Mr. Tradesperson or Mrs. Tradesperson, whether you think it's good, whether you have any experience doing that or whether that's something you always do, I want it. I, I, I want done. I want all sides of the trim painted front, back and whatever, because I don't want it to warp. I want this and that. And the other thing I want you to use auto body filler on the, on the, on the nail holes, not just regular putty. I, I, I want you to use the most expensive caulking. I want you to use big stretch caulking, $10 a tube. It, it, it just go, it, it just goes, goes on and on, right? What paint is better? What paint is better? You know, what, well, you know, if you get one brand of paint, uh, if you get one level of paint, it'll on a robotic swiper, it'll survive 12,000 swipes. If you get this one, it'll survive 14,000 swipes. If you think you're going to hit those walls somewhere between 12 and 14,000, then... <laughs> but, if that is the purpose of your life to find that answer out, then I don't know. But people are addicted to... people. The, I think people, many people are addicted to knowledge. Yeah. And it's not necessarily knowledge. It sticks. It's just this like library that they can... It's noise kind of pull from and so like never before it's like the word noise spelled with a k yeah nobody it's would ever a... nobody would ever say to us you know 20 years ago nobody would ever say to us i saw it on it this on a tv show i think you should do this but now there's lots of ways to get a painting job done and you can watch lots of ways on youtube how to get a painting job done but that's a rabbit hole huh it is, I mean, an, but any, they don't know that. Anybody necessarily. that understands color, mm-hmm. and I have a lot of respect for color, right? And just the tone of a of a of a color. Sure. Like the moment you start having a client speak to you about that, why well, I saw that on a Pinterest, or I saw that mm-hmm. on TV. Yeah. I start having conversations about what's your monitor calibrated at? What is like? I come from the way back before construction where we were doing post projects and you had certain monitors that had to be calibrated every single week regarding true colors. When you start speaking Mm -hmm. to graphic designers and artists, there's a whole calibration regarding colors and what the true tones are supposed to be. So they don't factor that in that they're looking at their iPad, their iPhone, their TV set, Mm -hmm. Samsung, Sony, whatever it is, those colors are not the same. So the moment you start telling me that that's the color that I want, because I saw it on this show, this social media site, Mm -hmm. and then you painted exactly that. And they're like, it doesn't look the same way because guess what? Your naked eye is not a TV screen. So it doesn't look at the same way. Absolutely. Definitely That's where the emotional comes in. Yeah. Def, de, I mean, definitely, definitely had it, had it happen, oh, you know, of course, and of uh, I had a customer down in Mimico down on those streets that are numbered, you know, yeah, uh, I've done and, a few jobs. Right. There. And uh, I remember her calling me at eight o'clock at night and she's like, I don't know what it is, but there's something like, like there's this holographic <laughs> undertone <laughs> that's happening with the paint. It's like this psychedelic <laughs> thing 
that's happening. This with, is on the phone? This is on the phone with my, she, she said, I don't see you during the day, but if you could come here at eight o'clock at night, if you could come here at eight o'clock at night, you would see it and you would, it would be obvious to you. And the thing is that everybody's, everybody's eyes are different too. All right. Remember the whole blue dress. Do you see the blue dress or you see the green dress or was it a yellow dress? I don't remember. Horses running backwards or back or forwards. Yeah. Yeah. I and so, uh, so that's the thing. One of the best things I've done, uh, in my business is that I have a color consultant that I offer Smart. to my clients for free. Yeah. So, and I actually don't charge them for it. I actually do just pay for it. Um, but, uh, I don't charge them as a separate line item. I don't actually build it into my cost. It's, it's not terribly expensive, but it allows a pro to go in. And when they do the color consultation, they can take into account, you know, light sources and the textiles that are Artificial, in the room natural. and all of that kind of stuff. What Get a bounces, feel for the yes. person's feelings and what's important to them. Height of the room. And all of that stuff. All that so they can take all that into consideration, be the professional that they are, and then we can be the installers. Does your consultant so like have a seat the moment that the client says, we want to go with white? And then the consultant would just sit down and go, well, have a seat. Let's talk about white. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, they, they will. I, I try, I tr they, they usually talk about it in terms of, do you want a cool white, warm white, or a white that seems like doesn't have nothing in it, mm -hmm. right? Basically, cool white, neutral white, or warm white. And so, um, so when they do that, I say to them, okay, here, here's the three that are okay with us to paint with. As long as it's not Chantilly lace. <laughs> but everybody's asking for Chantilly lace. And I think it was about 10 years ago, everybody was asking for cloud white CC 40, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's just like, I think they just get that ingrained in their head. And that's the one good thing about marketing where I think Benny Moore is probably the Elon Musk of marketing when it comes to paint. Like they just know how to get these, especially in the city of names, Toronto. especially in the city of Toronto, yeah, yeah. In these, city of Toronto names, people are pre-sold. But I mean, I've seen so many more interesting colors, but they're just not marketed the same way. Yeah. So they don't stick. Yeah. Contractors. It's time to empower your business with shelter tech implementation. Shelter is offering a free meeting to tackle your biggest pain points head on. Their goal, to develop a custom company app that's built just for you, solving your pain points, streamlining your processes, making your workday smoother. Here's the scoop. There's a $15,000 digital adoption grant available, and Shelter is an expert at helping you secure it. This isn't just funding. It's your stepping stone into a new era of digital efficiency. By your second meeting, you'll get a tailor-made company playbook, a software prototype designed with your input, project tracking, real-time budget management, and daily logs all integrated into a single app. It's tech that works for you, not the other way around. Shelta isn't just offering tech, they're offering transformation. Join the community of 93 subcontractors who have already stepped up their game with Shelta Tech. Two meetings, countless opportunities. Ready to make a move? Visit Shelta.app. Let's pave the way to a smarter, tech-driven future. Shelta Technology, custom tech solutions for the modern contractor. That's yeah. all it is. I mean, the thing is, you'd never pass me a tissue. You pass me a Kleenex. Totally. We're both old enough to realize that we didn't walk around with portable cassette players. We walked around with Walkmans. Totally. Right? So it's just like Sawzall is a reciprocating saw. That's but right. But everyone calls it a Sawzall. So yeah. it's just great marketing. And that's when you get into By the way, more. that's the tool that I hate the most. The Sawzall? Is the Sawzall. <laughs> I find its level of unpredictability to me 
is unless you've maybe you've used it a thousand times completely it's predictable Bronco to you but starting is. starting yeah. that thing up at a certain place in a certain angle it's like i feel like anything can happen at that moment nothing's worse than putting on a brand new blade on a sawzall or a reciprocating saw and just bending it because it, you pulled the trigger too quick or you had it on a certain position and all of a sudden yeah. it hit something and it just bent and you're like yeah or you ran into some random stainless steel <laughs> Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I don't know, where, but no, no, we were talking about the colors and marketing. Yeah, and, so yeah, my lays. my designers just have again for me. I just ask them not to recommend that color. If somebody comes in and says I want, you know, Chantilly lace, then you know sometimes I will say to them, I say, hey, just just Google it and you'll find out why painters don't like it, you know. And I try to, I'm always trying to be on their team. I'm trying to be on their side, and say, hey, you know, this is just this is just something you want to think about. They're, like, when you, they're not liking it, but they're stockpiling it. But when you have know. a when you have a designer uh, as a painting company, when you do do that, though, the one of the, the other great thing is that it's great for your work orders. It's great for record keeping mm -hmm. because you know many Benjamin Moore Benjamin Moore stores are independently owned franchises that don't have a shared computer system mm -hmm. or a way of recording. So many mom and pop Benjamin Moore places. If you want to know what the bathroom was painted in three months ago, you better know yourself. Otherwise, the you know the the filing cabinets are going to be rough, rustling, and they're going to try and figure it out, right? Whereas some other outfits, I can I can go into Sherwin Williams and ask them the color of the bathroom from ten years ago in Mexico, and they will know. So, but it's not going to be a bang on perfect match, Scott. Like the thing is, you're yeah. talking about time. Yeah, even artificial light affects sure. The, the sheen of a paint or the tone of the paint totally over time plus when rooms are cleaned and you're wiping them whether if it's open water or if you're using some sort of detergent it affects that paint so it 10 sure years does. later you can get that exact same formula it's a perfect match you put it on the wall and you're like it's not the same what's going on here but that's for the education go yeah. back to the emotional part of your trade it's such a challenging part of it when it comes to other trades and other levels of a, of a project yeah there's fall guy moments like you can yeah. you can fix it by explaining it but when it comes to paint there's no fixing it it's just they're fixated well it's the na that. i don't know what it is then you know the nature of money is interesting because money typically it's that maybe some money has come from investment but typically people's idea about money is that i sold somebody time of my life mm. in exchange for this now i'm going to give it to you so there's always a motion that's going to be associated with the investment of a, in a service business. There's just, there's just a certain amount of emotion. And sometimes that emotion is relief. Wow, somebody else is doing it and I don't have to do it. You know, but many times there is. And that, in an emotional state, we can be a little bit not logical. Nope. And I it's know. we just go with and on the feeling. Sometimes you can fix that with logic. But many times you have to really identify with the emotion, right? I really, I, I understand, I understand how you feel. There's lots of my customers that feel that way. And this kind of thing happens all the time. You're not the only one, right? Now there may only be one person that is like that <laughs> in the entirety of the universe, but I guarantee you 
that they're not alone. There is somebody else out there that has a house that has every room with the same paint on all of the surfaces. There's somebody else out there that's doing that and so, believes that that's the so way to. their own, which is fine. Some people want to design with color based on they the do. accessories. They want to throw the furnishings in there, the drapery in there, the rugs, yeah. what have you, fixtures, yeah. all kinds of stuff. They, they want everything pristine white. Yeah. But that's totally fine. I'm a color person. I love it. I mean, I'd love to get your opinion, Scott, yeah. on over the years of you've been painting. What is your favorite paint to use? Like, what do you like using? Not necessarily talking about the color, but the mm. actual paint oh, itself. Oh, the actual paint as far as it works. paint, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so that's always a... F- Gee, that's always a fun conversation with with painters. It's, it's fun because it, I, it wasn't too long after I first met you that you reminded me. I think it was a year or two after that there was a painter who told me that they had to sign a contract that everything primer-wise and paint-wise had to be done with Benjamin Moore products. Yes. You could not, and at the time, a lot of painters were substituting the priming base coat with a a, a different brand. Sure. But then they started signing these contracts, and I I, I could just assume from that time, that's 10 years ago. It's just gotten worse where it's like you got to have... The authority, I guess, over the painter saying, no, you have to commit to us legally in a contract that your primer is going to be this, your finish is going to be this, you have to go down that road. So that's why I was like, okay, so I know you, I rather trust your opinion about what you've painted and what products you've used because you've seen cause and effect of it on different wall surfaces. Yeah. Instead of what designers are saying, these are the latest and greatest tones and they all come from this brand. This is what you should be using. But never a conversation about... Is it lath and plaster? Is this wood being put? Is, I, we, we, like, is it full sun coming in yeah. here? Like, we don't, we don't talk about any of that. We just call what's the latest killer trend craze color that we want to put on the wall. Yeah. And so that's interesting what you say about color and about paint. So in our, the way that I've decided to run my business is that, is that when I provide somebody a price, I, I've gone old school a little bit where I provide a price labor only. So what I do is that I actually take my cost on the paint, my reduced cost, and I will actually pass that on to the customer Good. directly. Good. That gives me a chance to have this conversation to say, okay, what kind, of, what kind of product is best for your place? And many times that does relate to color. I've had some challenging experiences with blacks from one company and one product versus blacks from another company and one product. And so, what was the issue? I don't want you to divulge the Well, brand. the issue many times is just how much it flashes or when yeah. you look at it from the side, can you see kind of those roller streaks, yeah. right? Even though it's a matte finish, even though it's, so it's just a little bit shinier than a flat finish, it's, it's not meant to show, but it's because it's black and there's so much tint in the paint. Mm. So this is why... Every person I want to have be able to have this conversation with them and then very transparently use my discount power at either Dulux or Sherwin-Williams or Benjamin Moore. Because frequently, if somebody says, I want agreeable gray from Sherwin-Williams, what they're actually saying is, I want Sherwin-Williams paint. Why? There's, there's reasons for that. Yeah. When they say, I want you know, CC40, I want cloud white. It's because they're saying, I want Benjamin Moore paint. And so for many years, what we've done as painters is that we have, we've gone and we've marked up the paint. We basically added the labor to the cost of the paint, multiply that times two, and that's what we charge the customer. That's common. That's normal. And I don't, I'm not discounting that. I'm just saying, and I'm not the cheapest painter in town, but 
on the paint front, I've come to learn that, like you said, when painters were substituting primer, yeah, right? Because Benjamin Moore's best-selling primer, super spec primer. Expensive. Right? It's good. Expensive, Expensive, but it's also thick mm-hmm. and it's chunky. Mm-hmm. And if you roll that thing on with a, a thick roller, you're going to get a whole bunch of orange peel that's never coming out. Yep. It's awesome paint. Back in the day, I used that stuff for ceilings. I would prime doors, steel doors in the winter. Never had a problem. It's awesome paint. Does some weird things that you should never do with it. I did it. But that particular product on drywall, I would never use. Because I had that experience. Otherwise, I'd be watering it down. I'd be cutting it so that it wouldn't do that. It would level out better. Yeah. So there's all these weird nuances. But you're right. People are many times now asking for you to be obligated contractually because they've done some research or they've seen a YouTube video or they feel like they're really, really well informed. Some people really need to feel that. And so they're putting this in saying, if you were to ask them why, they would give you this multitude of reasons, right? I consumer reports or I saw this test or this kind of thing. And so we want Benjamin Moore. At the same time, if you go out and buy paint, you know that you can buy Benjamin Moore paint in four or five different lines yep. from cheapest to most expensive. And some of those ones are expensive, but a lot of painters would agree, don't use it. Because it, for some reason, that particular formulation isn't great. I love... Re- Benjamin Moore Regal Eggshell. I love that eggshell. I love the way it looks. I love the way it works. I like it. I like it a lot. As far as a matte finish paint goes, I'm very happy to use Benjamin Moore Dulux Diamond. I love Dulux Diamond. Mm-hmm. That's a great product as well. I don't like the eggshell as much as I do the the other one. Where are you going with Sherwin Williams Emerald? So with Sherwin Williams, for me personally, I haven't found a product that I love. Okay. I I haven't found a product that I love or, you know, am in love with, right? Again, the Emerald, the Emerald product is a urethane based product, tends to take a little bit longer to dry, but doesn't have the open time that you, in other words, it, it it starts to set up in places, but it's not completely dry just because it's urethane based, right? Um, So there's, there's different pieces to that puzzle. If somebody is just looking for you know, they're doing a rental property, you know, or something, something like that. It's a good quality, so, scrubbable thing. So that's where you, you, you want to match that up. When I do that, what happens is, is that frequently my color consultant, they're putting together a package of the colors that they want. And then I get to talk to them about the actual paint we're going to use. Okay. And they know that I'm not, I'm on their team. I'm not, I don't benefit anything whether we spend $180 a gallon from Farrow and Ball or we spend $30 a, a gallon, you know, on Glidden Speedhide. They, they are involved in that decision-making process and whatever that process, the numbers that that produces, that's what they pay. I don't have to worry about it. It's clear. It's completely clear. My consultant has a record of their color package. The customer gets a color package, a, a package of their colors. And I have that. I'll have that for for 10, 20, 30, however long I need it. 
So that's the, that's the way I do it. I try to consult on the paint products. Is the Pharaoh Ball attention contractors? Welcome to the future of construction resource management with our platform, where you can easily buy, sell, or rent tools, equipment, and materials with fellow contractors. Say goodbye to wasted time and resources. Need that specialized equipment for a specific project or want to earn extra income from your underused resources? This platform has you covered. With its user-friendly interface and a vast network of trusted contractors, you'll find what you need or make your resources work for you seamlessly. Join the construction community that's changing the game. Visit them online at altlabersolutions.com and start optimizing your resources today. Alt Labor Solutions, where contractors connect and resources thrive. I've never used it. Mm-hmm. Is it worth the, the money? Because I've heard that it's not the most durable paint, mm-hmm. but the richness of it is beautiful. Mm-hmm. But I get the sense that if you're painting with Pharaoh and Ball, you're painting it in a room that nobody's ever going to touch the walls, ever. <laughs> Whether that's with a dust pan or like like yeah. duster or something. like it's just it's a, it's almost like a photographic paint where you you apply it photograph it and seal it and bubble wrap it and leave it alone and i'm like that's not the purpose of paint mm-hmm. but that's the sense i get of it because it is a very expensive product and they have their color palette mm-hmm. and their colors are very rich and very unique and they're beautiful but mm-hmm. i go back to the clients being so emotionally connected to it that it must be pharaoh ball it must be this sure one. right so what's the di- what you know what would be the difference between buying a coffee table at Leon's, Ashley Furniture, or the art shop? Is the price restoration hardware? <laughs> what yeah. right? So and so there's all kinds of things that go into that. Farron Ball has a certain market that they cater to, yeah. where their stores are located, and the fact that they are available in restoration hardware stores, it speaks to the kind of client. That's purchasing that paint. Yeah. It's the kind of client who likes to tell the story of the ingredients that are in their home. Where did you buy that piece? Well, here's the story about where I bought that. Right. And so many times they want to be able to tell the story of mole's breath of the color. It's a funny name, you know, (laughs) for a high end paint mole's breath, (laughs) but uh, very popular. And so they want to be able to kind of tell that story. And so some people that just like, that's their go-to is they think if I get top of the line, then I'm that matches that's congruent with who I am. That said, I would agree with you that Pharaoh and ball maybe doesn't, if it was done in testing, it might not have the durability mm-hmm. of some other products. Uh, however, it does have, they have a unique tint that provides a certain look that if I try to match mole's breath with any other paint, it just doesn't look this. It doesn't. It doesn't. And it's not the color. It's there's something else about it. I can't completely explain it. I've never seen a perfect match of it. I know that plenty of guys have tried to match it and I've never seen it as a perfect match. And I go back to that calibration mentality. Yeah. Like you have to be really aware of color to understand something that when you're looking at certain things, like it, it's like you, you can't describe what's off because yeah. you don't know what's missing in the ingredients. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the other companies cannot match that and whatever. That's great. That's fair on ball. That's what they've designed. I think, I think sometimes too, it's because they, they only create a small sample. Yes. Right. If you were to able to do a color match and use big swatches where it could kind of fill your eye gate, mm-hmm. I feel then 
I don't know what they would do to adjust it, but I feel and then maybe you could do that. But it's the same thing. Like Benjamin Moore has a proprietary tint that they've had for 25 years. Uh, that they were one of the first ones to come out with this no with no VOC tint, and so it's unique, you know. And so even matching from another color to Benjamin Moore, I have to always tell people if you're going to do that, I would plan on a three to five percent variance. Don't do that smart. if you're ridiculous about the color. It's smart. And again, I don't have to push anybody in any direction because I'm happy to buy any of those color, any of those paint lines from any of those stores that they want. My two cents usually comes in with, you know, what line are we going to choose within those colors? And so if we're going to get, if we're going to get pearl finished paint or semi-gloss finished paint, there's products in the Dulux line that I like and some that I don't. There's products in the Benjamin Moore line, some that I like yep. that I don't. Some that are expensive yep. that I don't like. I would rather use Scuff X than I would use Regal Pearl. Why? Just a few bad experiences. That's it. What are you using these days for trim doors? What do you like? I like Scuff X. Yeah. Yep. I like the Scuff X product. It, it seems to work uh, level out pretty nice. Okay. Um, uh, of course, I always add a little bit of uh, leveler to my uh, trim paint. Uh, it's called Floetrol. Yeah. I just add a little yes. bit of that to it. I used to do that too as well. I yeah, know. it allows a little bit more open time. Yeah. So if it's hot in the house, uh, it allows you to work with the product a little bit. Uh, so it does take a little bit longer to dry. But that extended dry time, uh, you know, allows, you know, the orange peel to go away a little bit. If you're using a roller, allows the brush lines to go away a little bit. So I'm kind of, I'm enjoying that. I like the Life Master semi-gloss from Dulux. Uh, I think that's also a great uh, leveling product. I still add some Floetrol to it. Is the Life Master an interior and exterior? I thought it was always just an exterior. No, it's interior. It's interior? Yeah. Okay. Life Ma Li no, Life Master is, is definitely uh, interior. What's Dulux's exterior line? I'm not sure. I'm not really an okay, no, no, I'm just, I'm just curious. I thought it was... Yeah, okay, I think no, it's no, duration. Yeah. No, that's Sherwin-Williams. Oh. That's Sherwin-Williams. But yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they have a separate line, special. I think because the the diamond line does have exterior to it. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, that's my point is that you're getting clients come at you. They're very particular about the brand of paint that they want yeah. to use. They're very particular about the sheen of the paint that they want yeah. and how the home is going to be looking when mm -hmm. it's completed. But they're not, they never really want to have a conversation with you about what's involved to prepare all this to get it ready, mm -hmm. which we know as a painter, I'd say more than three quarters of that trade mm -hmm. is the prep, is not the absolutely. paint. Absolutely. Yeah. No, right? absolutely. Everything has to be clean, dry, and dull yeah. before you start uh, applying paint. And that whole process creates some mess. So even along the way, you want to keep a, a customer's house nice and clean, well protected. You don't want to, uh, that's how you want to be. And then sometimes the customer, you're there for three days and you haven't actually applied much paint and they're wondering, Hey, you know, uh, when's the job going to start? Yeah. And then, you know, it goes, <laughs> it goes a lot faster. The actual painting goes, goes fairly quickly. So what I try to do is I'm trying to lean in and not be so proud, not so Mr. Know-it-all, right? Is to understand that you're a listener. I'm a listener and yeah. I'm a learner of what other what other people want. I'm listening not so that I can wait 
get my two cents in. I'm listening, so I'm, I'm trying to learn what's important to them. And that's why I've given in on this painting thing where it's like, no, I get my best discount at Sherwin-Williams, so I'm going to do Sherwin-Williams paint. And that's it. You don't have a choice. The one thing that I will say, and I, I have yet to um, meet a designer or a homeowner that has never truly fully painted a room, mm. right? They've hired the professional to do it, and their scope of experience is that test patch that they just do with a brush mm. or what have you. And they pull out a foam brush, and they'll just do a little one-foot square of paint assembly and they think that gives them the knowledge to understand what's involved in that room to paint it properly. Right. And I wish that they would spend more time understanding the prep side of the painting side of the business mm -hmm. to understand what's really involved in this room, right? Because all surfaces are different. Sounds like a YouTube video in the making. It's just, it is. Sounds like that would be a great thing. They're for really good at close That'd up. That'd be great. I'll come in, I'll do all the prep and everything, and I'll send them the video ahead of time. Say, here's what it takes to actually prep a, a I space. watch their body language. If I see them painting with their body as far away from the wall and then they're doing the karate kid painting <laughs> pose yep I, I can look at them and go you haven't painted shit in your life like i just sure. i'm looking at you i go if you were really focused on this wall for sure you'd be so close to it yeah. painting and not worried about any drips falling on your clothing because first Amazing. of all you're not wearing any ppe on the site but you deal with it more than i do i just i've, I've gotten to the point where i'm a gc mm -hmm. i'm just blunt i was just blunt about it i'm yes. like i i just i i'll we know in the industry, within seconds, if you are speaking our language. Yes. And if you're not respectful enough to be on the site a certain way and just like have a proper conversation about what's involved in the scope of work, which the painting is a lot of prep, and you just want to slap on a coat of color or some sort of tone to try to explain, and, and you want to do the extra homework of walking around by the side of the window and going into where the closest artificial light source is or going as close to the countertop in the kitchen, that's not scope of work. That's not experience. That's nothing to me. That has no value whatsoever. Sure. You should be on the site if you know it's paint sample day. So how about going in the closet with a flashlight? Yeah, like what is that? Because are you doing? Are you? Because yeah, you're home a horror movie at that point where you're opening up the door with a like a flashlight. That's not how that that paint's gonna look like. So get on our side of the playground. Yeah, and just speak to us in, in our language, right? That's we're always yeah, it. and we're always we're always training customers how to work with us. Yeah, always by everything we do and everything that we don't do. So, so so it so it is important for you to be who you are as a contractor when you're with somebody because yep. you know that, okay, it's going to be decided right now because we're, we got a long ways to go <laughs> here. We got a lot of relationships we got to go through. We got a lot of timelines and deadlines to meet and a lot of product to buy and all of that kind of stuff. So I think, I think for contractors, because it's so multi-layered, yeah. I think your qualification process is really, really, really important because you are getting married to somebody essentially for the lifetime of this project. And there's a lot of finances that are changing. And so I think it's really important. It's more difficult, but you brought a good point at the beginning where it's like, by the time you get to your trade, they're already gone through so many ups yeah. and downs, right? Yeah, and so you do. You have to. You have to be understanding You're about under that. You understand that, though. When you see them, you already know that they've been 
bumped and bruised quite a bit. Well, there's a lot of things that there's a lot of things that painters have frequently in them that are there that are uh, that make them mad, that bother them, mm. that tick them off. Uh, that if you start to think about it, it's it, it's not really that person's fault. No, it's not really that way and so painters get pissed off if the if the area isn't perfectly clean for them right if they got to move a couple of boxes of drywall mud if there's drywall sitting in the middle of the in the middle of the floor or if there's some garbage and they got to take a few minutes to to pick that kind of stuff up well there's frequently reasons beyond it's not just that the person is a pig all the time it's not just because they're lazy all the time why is there garbage everywhere? Well, because the GC only wants to make one trip to the dump. They don't want to make five trips to the it's dump. A weekly planning right? schedule. Why are real estate agents calling me at the last minute all the time? It's because people wait to list their house until the last minute. Yeah. And then the real estate agents got to try and sell that house as fast as they can. It's not because real estate agents are lazy and they don't care about painters. And they, you know, it's not that way. It's because that's usually when they're getting the house is that, when somebody lists that the agent wants to sell that house as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. So the timing that they're getting involved relates to the timing of them calling the painter. So all my work is residential repaint work. So typically, unless it's a friend of a friend or a special consideration, I don't do new construction. So you got I, away from the new construction? I don't do renovation construction. Okay. I don't do exterior painting. I don't do commercial painting. I don't do industrial painting. I pretty much different animals. I work in people's homes, typically between the ages of 50 and 65, people who want to repaint either for their own enjoyment or because they're buying or selling. That's 90. But that's how you built your business. That's 90% of what I do. Yeah. And it speaks to the kind of life that I want. Even the customer that I want speaks to the kind of life that I want. So I know that there are specific challenges that go with that, but I think it's good for all trades to understand that not every situation is going to be optimal for you. And if you just expect that many times there's reasons behind that stuff, there's reasons why something's not ready. I don't understand why a contractor, I would go in and the mud is like super thick and chunky and everything. And they'll say, oh yeah, it just needs a light sand. Okay. (laughs) That's not your job though. No, it's not. But (laughs) again, at the same time, I do understand why it happens because the drywall has told them, I just did a few extra areas and it just needs a light sand. Yeah. Right. I'm not coming back, but I'll be, I'll try to come back. But if your painter's already here, yeah, just ask them to do it. And I get that because if there's five patches in a house and a person's got to come all the way back just to sand those patches, they came all the way there to put the mud on, which took 30, which took 10 minutes. And now they got to come all the way back to sand it, which is going to take five minutes. So we have to kind of work through those things and work through those things and understand we're responsible for what we're responsible for and try to be good at that. Scott, thanks so much. Yeah, it's been I, awesome. I got to do the 12 questions with you. Okay. It's been a blast having you on the show. Talking. Thank you. I, I like where it all went and, and it just went a mixed bag of things, but Thank it's you. like, 
you're doing well, man. I like what you're doing, and and it's 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 like I like the positive positivity that's attached to it. Thank so you. It's important. And if anybody's listening, and they want to get on a right crew in your neck of the woods, whatever. You, I definitely encourage you to reach out to you. And yeah, I would I, love to talk to you. I've got it, some some new ideas that you may not have heard before, yeah, yeah. and you may not like, but they might be interesting for it, you. It so. might work for you. So Scott Fitch. Scott Fitch. F-I-T-C-H. F-I-T-C-H. Fitch Painting. Yes. www.fitchpainting.com. 705-627-4453. And you can get him on his email at scott at fitchpainting.com. And then it's on IG on also Facebook, TikTok, and LinkedIn under the, the Fitch Painting name. You ready for these? Sure. What is your favorite construction word? Oh, my favorite construction word is like every version of the word jig. So jig, jigger. This thingy. Yeah, that, I like that. Yeah, so, yeah. What's your least favorite tool? Sawzall, for sure. I'm terrified every time that thing starts up. What construction sound or noise do you love? I love the sound of a uh, miter saw starting up. A little that little kind of... thing. What's your favorite beverage? Eggnog. Yeah, I haven't had it in a while. <laughs> what, what turns you on and off in construction? Uh... It's funny what I just said earlier, but what turns me off is definitely me just messiness, just callous, like crazy messiness. I'm not really a clean freak, but you know, organized. E That's all you just organized, but like even like all of the wood shavings and everything that are underneath a vanity, you know, like just just take a second. Just take us a second. Of, uh, yeah. So so just yeah, just kind of just what turns you on? Uh, organization. What's your favorite curse word? I don't think you cursed you. I can't say it. Oh, okay. Well, you, but can, it's, you can say it. Okay, so <laughs> that's the funny thing. So there are certain parts of the world where the C word yeah. it's a is more commonly used, yes. right, in casual conversation. So I used to know, I, I know these, uh, these Scottish paper hangers, for example, <laughs> and they use this word on the regular. Mm -hmm. And every time I'm going... Uh, so I think it's the funnest word that I can never say. <laughs> What's your favorite vehicle in the entire world? Oh, this is the lamest word thing in the world. I got to say that my favorite vehicle in the world because of time and experience is the minivan. Like Dodge Caravan kind of thing? It's the minivan. Just so, the minivan in general. Yeah. So my, I would love to have as many, like, like the very best. I'll take all the options for sure. They're fully loaded these but days. But I love... I love the I love being my van being full of family and I love being my van full of paint and every family minivan eventually if it behaves itself it becomes if it, 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 it if it does its very best in life <laughs> will become a painting van yeah, that's true that's very very like true. most of my clothes <laughs> what do you miss from your childhood uh, uh I I miss um I miss early morning practices with my dad. Just just the time I got to spend with my dad, I think is probably the thing I miss from my childhood the most. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day? I would love to do public speaking. Okay. Yeah. I don't There's I, no age limit on that. I, I would love I would love to do public speaking and encourage people to see the value in themselves and see the value in others, even the people that they can't stand. Um, yeah. What profession would you not like to do? I would like, I would not want to be a programmer. I would not want to sit in front of a computer that for is. very long. 
if I can help Nine it. Nine to five in a cubicle. Yeah, a couple hours and I'm done. Last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? <laughs> uh, I, would like, I would like him to say that I gave more than I got. Nice. Scott, pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for making the time. Thank you, Manny. Thank no, no, you for inviting me. It's great to finally me. meet you and then see you again, as you reminded me, but it's great. Yeah. It's wonderful. And please stay in touch and you're always welcome back to come awesome. back on the show. So Thank you. And I hope you have a great year ahead of you. You too, Manny. I really appreciate it. I think it's amazing what, what you've done here Thanks. and the voice that you have. And um, I, I really, really believe that it's a great thing for people to hear that they're, you know, that some of the things that we're going through are very, very common, even though sometimes we feel like we're the only ones doing it. So 100%. All right, bro. Thank you. We're out of here. Thanks, right. Angelina.